You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fit that they had faith in you. And you All right, we're here for the Palato Podcast Power Half Hour Prospect Edition with. Phil Goyette, F. Phil of Sports on Twitter, P-H-I-L, of course. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier, G-O-V is Victor I-E-R on Twitter. Phil, how you doing today? Good, man. How you doing? What's new? Oh, you know, it's football season, working on stuff like that. I was just talking about writing, and that takes effort, and it's a challenge, but uh, it feels good. You know, it's cool to write. When you finish something, you're proud of it. At least I've been proud of my work so far. Are you going to... Um... Watch the Pontiac Pussycats get destroyed tonight by Green Bay. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'll be interested in is watching, uh, see if MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, can have a monster oh, game yeah. because I've kind of put my reputation on it, but and I'm kind of all in now, so we'll see what happens. But <laughs> this is not about football. This is about baseball. We're here to talk about prospects. We're in the last two weeks of the fantasy baseball regular season, yeah. and some of you guys are finishing up your dynasty right now and you're gonna have off-season moves to talk about as well and don't forget palazzo podcast on twitter two l's two z's utah give me two palazzo podcast at protonmail.com if you have any questions we're gonna do a wrap-up show too for the end of the season we we're gonna have nice. on peter pratt from the roto brits last week we didn't do it we're gonna oh. try to do it again this week hopefully so stay tuned for that on the channel we're still here we're still doing baseball coverage don't worry guys we will never leave you but, Phil, uh, where are we right now in the prospect realm with just under two weeks to go? Um, I put in the notes, I think that it was a very uh, informative and educational year for prospect debuts this year. A lot of good lessons learned for fantasy players, I think, as far as what you can expect or not expect from guys when they come up. So 
Um, I thought it was I thought it was great from that aspect. Uh, the other thing I put in the notes, I just looked it up. There have been 247 players that made their major league debut this year. So 247 new MLBers just this year. And then that doesn't count the guys that only played a little bit last year and then kind of got their feet wet, but have played the bulk of their games this year too. So uh, there's no shortage of new guys to look at and analyze in baseball. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. They just keep feeding them into the system bit by bit by bit. And guys like Jared Kelnick really struggled. It got sent back down again, came back up. Uh, I know my partner in my tag team league for fantasy baseball, Eric Cross, is the biggest Jared Kelnick fan that there ever was, and he fully believes that everybody will look back and laugh at themselves for doubting him this season at all. Yeah, um, there's a section in the Baseball HQ book. I don't know if I have a copy of it nearby, uh, but they leave it in there. It's about the prospects, uh, and they leave it in there every year. It's right in the beginning of the prospector every year. And they talk about how uh, there's different ways that prospect debuts tend to go. One is you hit the ground running and then the league adjusts to you. One is you have a hard time until you can adjust to the league. But neither of them really mean that that player's toast for the future. So Kelnick is the struggle right out of the gate. Got Like I said, got sent back down, came back up, struggled again. Um, and then now he's white hot over the last like couple weeks. So uh, these things happen. It's it's part of the deal. Even the most talented prospects, it can happen to him. I forget who yeah. the his, historical example is. Maybe A-Rod they use in the. In the forecaster book, I had to look it up, but uh, even even great players, it can happen to. So, well, even when Mike Trout came up, he was not a legend. His first year, he learned the ropes, and he was a average hitter at best. But that's how it goes because you got to adjust to the incredible prowess of the best of the best in the world at this level, and even the most talented players of all time will struggle. And it's just how it goes, except if you're Juan Soto. <laughs> apparently so yeah although well, he struggled more thinking, recently in the first half of this year so but you could struggle any year too yeah i wonder uh how much of it was rust uh dealt with covid stuff so i don't know it's um wander franco is another guy who uh, he kind of looked like he was struggling out of the gate but part of it he was just having terrible luck i think too so yeah. and that can happen because the samples are so small oh yeah Absolutely. The prospect world is filled and riddled with confusion and uncertainty. That's why there's so much focus on it, because nobody can actually master it. But we try to do the best with the information we have before us. Uh, other guys like Wander Franco come up. It was kind of a it was a nice debut. The, I remember the first yeah. game he came up. That was fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he kind of slowed down a bit. But then he really took off with that incredible on base streak. Unfortunately, he got hurt recently. They're going to save it for the playoffs. But it looks like Wander Franco is everything that we thought he would be and more. Yeah. Yeah. I think a uh, very promising debut for him is still only 20 years old. So, so look out. Um, but uh, to your point about the prospects being difficult to peg, you got it. If you're playing fantasy, especially redraft, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, it's, it's the highest risk category you can get into. So when you're building your overall uh, risk profile for your team, if you want to go with prospects, you might need to balance that out with some safer picks and some other spots because by taking prospects, you're going to add risk to your roster. There's no way. There's no way around it. 
Totally, totally. We've got some interaction here in the live chat, which you guys can all join in on. Jasper is alive. It's great to see you, Jasper. I haven't hey, seen Jasper. you forever. I feel like I feel like the summer or back in June, we were, I was doing the Sunday shows, Jasper. Man, we had a weekly thing going on there, and I miss all those guys. I wonder how Star Platinum's doing and all those guys. My best to everybody if you end up seeing this later on. I've been thinking about you guys. Uh, Russell wants to know, how many plate appearances does Jose Miranda get in 2022? Uh, over under type of thing, I would probably put it under half season three, three, three fifty ish. Uh, what do, what do you how do you feel about Jose Miranda? Any uh, great, excitement? great hitter. There's a lot, yeah, very excited. Lots of promise. Uh, tore it up this year all season. Um, so if he can force the issue this spring, then. He's the guy you keep your eye on because my over-under is going to look terrible at 350 PAs. But <laughs> if you're being risk-adverse, if you're being risk-adverse, I don't know that you want to um, count on him contributing next year. Uh, and then if he does, it's like a bonus. That's a bonus. So maybe he doesn't hit the ground running, according to Russell here? <sighs> I think he could. One. Yeah, oh! I think he could. I think he could. I think he could. It's just a matter of is the team going to trust him with the playing time to let that happen, or if he doesn't hit the ground running, let him work the kinks out. Okay. You know, so. Jose Miranda. He's definitely a great name to know. Someone I'm not that familiar with. I'm just going to be honest about that. That's why Phil's here covering the prospects. Follow Phil on Twitter at PhilOfSports, P-H-I-L, of course. And you can read Phil's work at Roto Baller. He's also part of my Roto Fanatic crew. We do the Roto Fanatic half-hour variety show. When we can get a show together. (laughs) uh, You know, the end of the season is always weird. September, people are focused on football. Life happens, too. You get a little worn out, I think. People don't talk about that as much. But if they don't, they should. You get a little exhausted by a long season of baseball by the time you get to September, don't you? Kids go back to school. The kids go back to school, so you're starting to do all that running around. Okay. Um, But everybody get hyped for the playoffs. The playoffs are right around the corner. New blood, a new day. That's right here on the Plaza Podcast, talking prospects with Phil. Uh, Luis Robert, he was a consensus, uh, but he didn't necessarily give us the year we wanted, but that's only because of injuries. So doesn't he look the part based on what we know about him? Yeah, he's interesting because he's he's been great, but he, wasn't, he hasn't been great in the way we kind of thought he was going to be. Like, he didn't go in drafting Luis Robert thinking, oh, he's going to be great for my batting average this year uh, because the consensus was that his hit tool is always going to be a little rough and he has a hard time uh, picking up spin and laying off that slider low and away. And the guy's changed a lot, changed his swing, and it's actually become a strength of his. And now he's looking at it like a guy that maybe could hit 300 in the major leagues, which wasn't the, wasn't the profile that you were looking like you were getting into when you – uh, we're drafting him even at the beginning of this year. So he's oh. I think he's a lesson in just not not having like a concrete viewpoint of what this player can do precisely. You want to be thinking in terms of uh, the distribution of what he can do. So, you know, if you think Robert's kind of midpoint is like a 250 or 260 hitter, then you got to think, well, what if he has a, a season where his Babip's 350? You know, then he's a 300 hitter. Oh, and he's a 300 here, so I mean, I don't get too his... locked in on that one viewpoint of the hitter. 
you know what I mean? Or player. I always thought his floor was not that bad. I mean, he wasn't like a he had a decent hit tool, but I guess you're saying like an elite 300 plus 315 a year hitter. Yeah. Okay. I can get on board with that. Uh, what about Jasper? He wants to know about Robert Hassel the <laughs> third outfielder of San Diego. Any thoughts on Robert Hassel the <laughs> third? The Duke of San Diego. Robert Hassel. Oh, is it Herbert Hassel? Oh, he's an auto Robert. Here. It's Robert, not Herbert. Oh, okay. Maybe it could be Herbert, though. I don't Herbert know. This guy also. It's Herbert uh, Herbert Rassel the uh, second. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Robert Hassel the third is a probably was one of the better prep hitters in his draft class. And uh now that he's got a year under his belt of professional play, he could turn out to be the best prep bat potentially in that class. The hit tool looks really good. Uh he's got speed, he's got power, he can get on base too. Uh, he was an excellent athlete as well coming out. Um, so really the only thing right now is he's just young. So he's got to do the, you know, work your way up the ladder and kind of either maintain what you've been able to accomplish or when you get some rough times, hit some rough patches, be able to bounce back from it. But he he looks excellent. He looks yeah, excellent. Yeah, eighth overall pick in 2020 MLB draft. So he definitely is a top 10 pick. He's got the pedigree, yep. at least based on the selection. Uh, probably a ways. I think away he still. was a Van, I think he was a Vanderbilt. I might have that wrong, but I think he was a Vanderbilt commit. He's a kid from Tennessee, I believe, a prep bat from Tennessee. So um, oh. they signed him signed him away from Vanderbilt. So you nailed and, that. He's from Franklin, Tennessee. Well done. Yeah, yeah. He was the best player in Tennessee that, that came out that year. So uh, mm. he could be really special and also a really nice fantasy tool set. So what about Hedbert Perez of the Brewers? <laughs> Jasper says sorry. Yeah, there's Hedbert Perez. <laughs> We got we got a Hedbert and a Robert, uh, and then a Cubert and a Louis Robert. Uh, so so yeah, Hedbert Perez is another really great athlete. He's one of these guys. I think they signed him as an international free agent when he was like you know they put the deal in place when the kid's like fifteen years old or something. Um, and by the time he had reported to stateside for the Arizona uh, Complex League. When he made a stateside debut, he looked like a completely different player. Hmm. Totally physically matured for a teenager still. Um, so he's got tons of upside because uh, he's maybe not even fully formed yet. So lots of power, uh, speed. He could be a really special player. I think um, – I don't know, know that the window is shut for him in your dynasty leagues yet, so he might be a guy that you try to grab if he's still out there. He's just a, he's just a ways off. He's a teenage prospect. That's the – the flip side. He's like Hassel in that way. Teenage prospect. Uh, <laughs> Keston Hira. I don't. Well, there's, what else can we say? We already know the story. He just can't hit at the major league level. And are you abandoning him entirely now? Because he's been given every chance on a team that is contending. Maybe that means he actually wasn't given more time because there was more pressure to compete and perform. So maybe. He needs to go to a team that sucks that'll just let him figure it out for a while. Yeah, possibly. He's kind of like the flip side of the Lewis Robert thing. I was thinking though, a lesson to learn this year is that same deal. You can't have your uh, opinion of the player set in stone, especially when they're young like that, because things can change so much. He was a guy that coming out of college, they thought he had probably the best hit tool in the draft class. And then throughout his time in the minor leagues, everybody thought he had one of the best hit tools in the minor leagues he gets to the major leagues, and the hit tool looks 
bad. <laughs> it looks well below average. So, um, and everybody can't be wrong. So something just changed. Um, so just stay flexible in your opinions on these players as they come up and you see them and what happens to them once they hit the, not only the major league uh, caliber pitching, but they do it over like a full season too. Cause if you remember Hira was really hot when he came up for at first. Yeah. Uh, but once he kind of got figured out. So once the league had adjusted to him and done some things like uh, the high fastballs, for example, which he had a hard time hitting and can't lay off. So once he, once the plan of attack gets established, then you can kind of maybe see in a longer term at the major league level, what he's capable of or not. What is he capable of? That's the never-ending mystery behind every Major League Baseball player. We got another over-under here from Russell. How about Mark Vientos? Over-under for plate appearances next year. I don't... Uh, 200? Oh. 200? I don't know that they're going to push him that hard. He's had a great year this year. Tons of power. He was. He's always been really high in my uh, estimated barrel percentage this year throughout the season. Um, so... I just don't – the Mets are hard to figure. <laughs> yeah, that's putting it in my I don't know what they're going to do. You would think if they've got a gap in their um, major league team with Cohen running the show that he's going to spend cash to get a veteran in there, I would think, as opposed to relying on a kid next year. So um, that's why I, I will be a little more hesitant to think that that youngster is going to get uh, crucial key playing time for the Mets – especially in a situation where Cohen's going to be yelling at everybody because he's going to want to win next year for sure after this train wreck of the season this year. Win! I want to win! I understand that pain, Steve Cohen. You hang in there, buddy. Do the best you can. On the Palazzo Podcast here, two L's, two Z's. Utah! We support you. Give me two. And your billionaire effort to find peace through a championship. Uh, what about next year? Let's take a look ahead. You know, some guys that you've targeted yeah. so they can look out for next year. First up... TJ Friedel, Friedel of the Reds. What do we think of this late bloomer? Yeah, so the late bloomers you got to keep your eye on. Don't throw the guy out because he's 26 years old, um, and he just made his major league debut at 26. Uh, Friedel might be a guy that you watch if you need late speed next year, especially if you see in the spring the Reds are deciding to either keep him on as a fourth outfielder or maybe give him a shot to get regular playing time in the outfield. Um, he's got the speed to steal bases at the major league level. So, and you're always looking for that type of player, especially in the end game, late or deeper leagues, or in your dynasty leagues. These are guys that can pop and uh, make a big difference for you. So, TJ Friedel, outfield Cincinnati. Thank you, Plaza Podcast. <laughs> yes, Plaza Podcast, check it in. Good to have you aboard, guys. Man, it's about time. You guys never comment. Ryan Velade of the. Colorado Rockies, who still technically don't have a permanent GM, as far as I know. They're still thinking about giving the dude who took over for Jeff Burdick as the full-time gig, Mr. Schmidt, I believe his name is, but we don't know exactly what's going on there yet. Probably get the job, because that's how this stuff works. Cronyism, nepotism, also the cheapest way possible to pay someone while still having someone who might be able to do the job. But Ryan Velade of the Rockies, uh, what's up with this dude? Yeah, I um, a couple years ago, uh, Rockies had a prospect called, well, they still do, called Casey Golden, uh, who hit a ton of home runs. Uh, and so I got the chance to interview Casey, and, and we talked about a lot of stuff. But 
Ryan, uh, I think it's Valade. Valade, I believe is, pr- oh, is how his name's pronounced. Ryan That's Valade. Okay. <laughs> uh, but my, so uh, pronunciation. He book. was he was roommates with Ryan Valade. He was older, you know, four or five years older than the kid. But he was super impressed by his work ethic. Uh, he said, "This is a kid you got to watch in the future." Of course, Casey was right. So um, I'm excited that Valade got his MLB debut this year already. That's very cool. I think it shows what the Rockies organization think he can do. He could be an everyday shortstop. Um, he should get on base. He should hit for some power. He should hit, have some speed. He can play defense while he's uh, fundamentally really sound. So he's definitely a guy I'd, I'd watch given the playing time shakeout in the spring. And if he can get something like, you know, 400, 500 plate appearances next year, he's going to be somebody that's going to help your fantasy team. That is a great call, Ryan Valade. Apologies, Mr. Valade. Uh, Jasper says 175 plate appearances is my guess for that over-under on the last one you did there. Was that with, uh, I think he's referencing, I don't know which one you're referencing. Which one is that? I don't know. Oh, that was uh, uh, Vientos for the Mets. Oh, yeah, Mark Vientos. Yes, okay. All right, we're live here with Phil Goyette. Prospects Power I'm with you, Jasper. He's with you. Ooh, that's good yeah. company. Prospects Power Half Hour. We try to do it every Monday. Sorry if we missed you guys last week or the last two weeks. You know, life happens. People, you know, things happen here. So just accept it. Uh, but we don't take the show for granted. We do appreciate anything that you guys continue to bring to the table. And uh, we'll just build this momentum for next year in the offseason, too. I'm sure we'll pick up a lot of chatter by the time we get to December and January. Because yeah, the definitely. prospect world never ends. Right, Phil? Yeah, we got the Arizona Fall League coming up. Uh, oh, yeah, really shit, in. I'm going there. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Fuck. I'll be at first pitch we'll Arizona, so. We'll get a Govier uh, watch. Yeah, we'll get a Govier watch list together. Definitely, definitely. Based you, on who yeah, you see down there. Yes, you put together a list, and uh, I'll live stream every at-bat, every inning of a pitcher we need to see. You let me know. I'll, I'll do what needs to be done. That's actually a great idea. Uh, continuing on, I actually wanted to make a comment about the Rockies there. I was talking about Ryan Valade. Where are we with this team? You look at the roster. There's a lot of guys that have been here long enough that we just don't know what to do with. Uh, there's some that we think we know what we can do with now. I mean, Garrett Hampson, Brandon Rogers, Sam Hilliard, on and on. Everybody knows all these names. Uh, who do you think sticks around? Is there anybody you think hits the road and allows some of these other guys to come up and play? And I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I think they have a lot of talent in that org. It's an org that gets uh, killed for... A lot of people say they can't develop players. But if you look, those are all guys that came through their minor league system. Uh, you got Valade. You got another guy had on my list, Colton Welker, who can really yeah. hit. Um, and maybe with Coors could hit for some pop, he should get on base. So Colton Welker is another guy you're watching as a corner, third base, <laughs> first base type of player. Well, look um, at this. Got- look at this, Phil. Real quick. This, this lineup right now. Ramal Tapia, Colorado. These are original players that came up through the system. Brendan Rodgers, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, Ryan McMahon, Garrett Hampson. These guys, all the lineup, all came up through the system of Colorado. And then all the backups like Colton Welker and Jonathan Daza, Sam Hilliard, Ryan Valades, et cetera. These guys are all from their system. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great year for them. But I was was looking at the NL West standings the other day. When uh, Machado and Tatis were yelling at each other, oh, and yeah. the Rockies, the Rockies are not far behind the Padres this year. 
Hmm. It's like five or six games, I think. So yeah, right. Um, That's what people don't realize. They're they're only nine games out of five hundred seventy and seventy nine, and they got rid of Jeff Burdick early in the season. Things have gotten better. I really believe that he was bringing down the franchise. Yeah, maybe that's and like a Giants type of thing. Maybe that's what they need is just a different person to be in charge to try and unlock some of the stuff that they have. Because I I don't think you can look at them and say they don't have talent there. So yeah, pitching talent that might be another thing. So yeah, but and it's always going to be an issue for him with with the park. So yep, it will always be. Although humidors are becoming more and more common all over the place, so you never know it. I'm going to look at the stats later, but based on what I watched all season long at Coors, it wasn't as crazy as it's been in past years, but I don't have that verified, so Coors. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> I'll have to double-check on that. Uh, Jasper says, when, uh, looking forward to the offseason. Cool! When we were uh, when we were in college, there used to be this beer called Coors Extra Gold, which I'd never seen anywhere outside of this college, Allendale, Michigan, Grand Valley State University, outside of this wow. college town uh, where we got this Coors Extra Gold. And it was a 30-pack of Coors Extra Gold for 10 bucks out the door. So that's what we drank. And it always – we had this taste, and everybody always <laughs> tried to kind of pinpoint – it feels like a mix of, you know, something and, and, and something – well, you know, about 10 years down the road, some one of us had a friend that wound up working for Coors, uh, and he got to the bottom of the mystery. Extra gold was just like the leftovers. From Coors. Like, yeah, from the bottom of the batch of like the Coors Banquet and the Coors Light and like the Killings Red. And they would just mix it all together and put it in the extra gold can. So that was where the strange, uh, the strange batch came from. Wow. That is something I did not know, but I'm glad I know that now. Coors Extra Gold. Extra Gold. Talk about not bottom for of the rookies. Barrel. That was their yeah. that was their tagline. Not for rookies. <laughs> not for rookies. <laughs> well, speaking of, we're talking about the Rockies. So Colton Welker, he looks to you like he's more likely a first baseman. Um, but how I does think, he break through here? I think. Well, he he comes up and his he should get on base. And that's always valuable. So if he runs an on-base percentage, 360, 370, you got to look at him for your on-base leagues. And then with Coors, maybe he can figure out the power piece. It seems like um, that's kind of been he's, – he's, he can hit for some power, but he's never hit for a lot of power. Um, so maybe as he physically matures a little bit more and he's playing in Coors half his games and he gets the playing time, maybe it all comes together. Because if he's a guy that hits 30 home runs and his on-base is like 370, he's going to be killer in on-base leagues. Killer, Colton Wilker. Killer. Uh, live at Coors. Coors. Uh, Mike Bauman. Who the hell's Mike Bauman of the Orioles? First off, is this actually an Orioles pitcher that is viable? I think he can start. I've been, I've looked at him, uh, looked at his uh, arsenal. The fastball's better than I kind of thought it was going to be. He's got the pitch mix to be a starter. He's getting shelled right now in the bullpen for Baltimore. So his his price next year is going to be like nothing because people will just look at the ERA and write him off. Uh, but if he can get some starts at the back end of the rotation, he might be a guy that can do something for you or at least be a streamer for you next year. Jasper, speaking of Orioles rotation, is John Means going to be worth having in 2022? I've got real concerns about the gunk being removed from the game and how much that impacted him. He also was hurt, 
So I'll give him some leeway there, but I am a little suspect now if he'll ever be able to be the same pitcher again. What do you think, real quick? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we just, we've seen his best. I'll just put it like that. We've definitely seen <laughs> we've definitely seen the best stretch of his career this year. So, oh, uh, that no hitter. Yeah, he'll always have that. Good yeah. for you, Mister Means. Well, he was dominant Gonzalez. for about two months. Yeah, he was. Romy Gonzalez of the White Sox, next utility dude. He's got twenty twenty power speed combo. Uh, is it another yeah. guy like? So he's got more power than like Lurie Garcia or Danny Mendick, yep. or they seem to have like eight yep. players that are all the same on this yes. roster. Yep, and Larry Garcia somehow is still fantasy relevant this year, um, especially in deep leagues. So he's that guy, dude. That dude gets at bats. It always happens. Uh, so yeah, I think Romy could push Leori. He could be the player that finally pushes Leori out of the picture. Um, or you know, I, he's much. He's he's more talented than Mendick. As as great as Mendick's been in emergency situations for that team. Um, and the, the power and speed is undeniable. He won uh, 2020 in the minors this year. So okay. it could carry over to the major leagues. And he's the type of guy that could be second base, shortstop, third base, and outfield eligible for, for your fantasy team. He sits on the bench and he's glue on the days where you don't have the at bats. He can fit in anywhere. And Phil's wearing his socks hat for those of you that can't see him and yeah. listen to the podcast version. That's the, uh, the old school logo, but updated with a, it like a split there. This is like a spring training one they did with the black and white. Um, yeah, of the it's the 80s, one that reminds uh, me of the black and red and white one. Yeah. yeah, it's just the black and white version of it. Or the Ron Kittle jersey, I like to call that one. So, With the uh, RBI baseball <laughs> RBI baseball guy on the. Yeah, look at that. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Classic. Jasper says, uh, yeah, I have him, and I would like to think he can get it together. Means, yeah, I don't know, buddy. We're rooting for you, Jasper. We like you, but that doesn't mean it's going to work out. So those are not mutually exclusive, I don't think. So. He, he did have it together. Once a, a pitcher has displayed a skill, he owns it. So it could always happen again. Uh, Seth Beer uh, hurt his shoulder. He got called up, and he was excited. I was excited. I picked him up in a few leagues, looking to stream him as a hitter in the final couple weeks. But then he hurt his shoulder right away, and that was the end of that. Uh, yep. But you're still excited about him as a power guy, but he needs the DH. I would love to see the NLDH happen, especially for him, but for players like him, because I just don't – the injury thing – um he's he's not at a great health track record he seems like to have the kind of body that maybe isn't going to hold up as an everyday player and he can only really play first base as an everyday player anyway so that limits his playing time but if they could get the dh into the nl he's a guy that could have a totally different career path because he can same can get on base and unlike welker we know he can hit for power too so um, i was just happy that diamondbacks finally called him up yeah, Finally. isn't it weird that he's a f- DH type dude and his last name is Beer? It just seems like that has to be like a guy with the last name of Beer is not going to be a thirty steals guy. It just doesn't work out that way. He's got to be a slugger, and life is just weird like that, isn't it? Yeah, White Sox fans were hoping that he got drafted because they drafted Burger Jake Burger too, so we'd have Burger mm. and Beer. Burger and beer. Yeah, it didn't work out. Sorry, buddy. Uh, last one I want to ask you about is Glenn Otto, former Yankees farmhead, now with the Rangers. Uh, his ERA has bloomed a bit, but he's actually a Look better the, pitcher than it real than you would think based on the peripherals, right? Yeah, definitely. Look at the FIP. The FIP's only 3.1. So especially That's in a huge. smaller sample, the uh, – yeah, it's a nice hat. Thanks, Jasper. The in a in a small sample, ERA can be crazy because it's all about just the timing of events. 
So as the, as the season goes along, um, the way he lines up the events will come back toward the middle, and he'll have an ERA closer to what his FIP is, theoretically. So, um, and and then I dug into the Statcast stuff. The fastball is good. The four seamer has been well above average, um, and we knew the slider was good because uh, he was just killing guys with that in the minors. So fastball slider. He's trying to throw a curveball. He's trying to throw a changeup. He's probably got to figure one of those two out to have something that he can tackle opposite-handed batters with. But still, even with the two pitches, two really good pitches, you've seen guys do it before, Patrick Corbin. So um, uh, Glenn Otto, I, I would not sleep on him. Would not sleep on him. Ignore the ERA. Completely ignore the ERA. He should be about free to pick up next year. So, Well, they just DFA'd. Kohei Arihara, so that didn't work out. So it's nice to see them actually make a move or pickup that has more substance. I hope they don't end up DFAing Glenn Otto in early 2022. But me too. I am, ex- I am excited for him as a deep way down there. A guy I'll take a flyer on towards the end of drafts of 2022 as we slowly start to look that way. Yeah. But it's still a long ways off. We got a short finish here to the regular season of 2021, and then it's on to the baseball playoffs. I wish you guys all the best. If you're closing out some fantasy titles, if you're really battling yeah, in head-to-head head championships this week, all the best to you guys. The Plaza Podcast is here for you. Even if we're not on the air, you can ask us questions anytime at Phil of Sports on Twitter. DM Phil, ask him questions about prospects. Tweet at him. Me, MJ Govier. Tweet at me, DM me. Fantasy baseball is what we do, and we're here to help. And don't forget to follow Plaza Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Utah. Two L's. Give me two. Two Z's. <laughs> For Phil, I'm Michael Govier. Great to see you, Jasper, Russell, rest of the crew. We'll catch you guys next time. Don't need no credit card to ride on this train. It's strong and it's sudden. It's cruel sometimes. But it might just save your life. That's the power of pride.